Hello, hello, hello. Look at that. I remembered to uh, unmute my mic this time. Be proud of me. We got audio clips working. Everything is doing wonderful. Uh, I want to start out by thanking our new sponsor, actually. Uh, here we go. Let's see. Is that working? Do we got it? Is it on the screen? So along with, uh, with TopLobster.com for all your dope gear, you can now enjoy Italian coffee delivered straight to your door by going to Lorenzotti.coffee and ordering some delicious Italian coffee on demand. I promise you won't be uh, disappointed, and it comes right to your door. So, you know, you don't even have to put your mask on to go into Hy-Vee or whatever the hell you guys use. So um, I also need to thank all of you on my Twitter that uh, heard me call yesterday for an awesome uh, uh, birthday. I wanted you guys to help me out to get a custom neon break the cycle light that's going to end up going right up here behind me where Papa Paul is. We're going to scoop Papa Paul over. It's going to be nice. But not only did you guys do that, you went above and beyond and got me this amazing new uh, lens for my camera. That's why we have a better shot tonight. That's why it looks better. That's why I can now put my hand up. Everything will go blurry behind it. It looks pretty cool. I, I'm really happy to have it. You guys rule. You made this one of the best birthdays I've had in a very, very, very long time. So thank you. Um, anyways, let's get into the show, right? My guest today is one of the creators of the Monopoly on, Monopoly on Violence uh, documentary about anarchism. Now streaming on Amazon, by the way. He's uh, the man behind Free Man Beyond the Wall and an amazing contributor to the Libertarian Institute. He is the man, the myth, the legend, Dr. Black and Gray Pill himself, Pete Quinones. Pete, how the hell are you, sir? Doing good, man. Long day. You know what I've been doing today. Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually saw some pictures of you and uh, you and Shane. Uh, at the Georgia State Convention, I was there uh, just a little over a year ago. That's actually the first time I ever met you, and it was it was really yeah. really cool, man. Uh, but do you know I, I I'm pretty sure I caught COVID at that convention. Did you? Yeah, I. So you know I was. See, flying. I try. I, I I've been trying for a year to catch COVID, and I can't even get it. So. Yeah, well, I think it, it probably has something to do with the mask, Pete. I, I'm sure you're not wearing the mask, but uh, <laughs> no, it was funny. It was funny. I was uh, flying in and out of SFO every single weekend at that time. You remember, I was running for chair, so I was traveling all over the country and I lived right outside of San Francisco. And so I was flying in and out of San Francisco every weekend during the height of the, the coronavirus uh, pandemic start, you know, and there's 5,000 people a day traveling between San Francisco and China in and out of that airport. And in fact, I would take BART, the BART train, uh, which, you know, kind of like their Metro train or whatever, right to the airport. And you have to walk through the international terminal to get to the domestic terminals. And uh, I, I showed up to Georgia. We had a really good time. It was, it was actually a good time. You know, we got to watch that crazy debate, yeah. like, in, in, like, the city council chambers or whatever the hell it was. And uh, then I ended up on Kokesh's bus for a while. But my, my flight left uh, really early in the morning, at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning or something. So I just stayed up and then went to the, to the airport. And by the time I hit the airport, I got that, that itchy feeling in your throat, you know, and you're starting to get sick. And you're like, oh, shit, I'm getting sick. And by the time I got home, I had... A fever. You sure that wasn't anything you were partaking on Kokesh's bus? You never know with with Kokesh's bus, man. You really <laughs> don't know. Uh, I could have caught anything. I'm surprised I didn't catch hepatitis there. You know. <laughs> I think that that would be the most curable thing you'd find. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, it was Georgia was cool, man. I had a good time, uh, and and actually, a family that lives. Uh, about 30 minutes away from where that convention was and they met up with me we went and had that really nice barbecue spot that was in that that area and um i, I enjoyed it man i had a good time and i got to hang out with you and shane hazel and some cool people man it was a good time but anyways uh let's talk about bitch ass libertarians 
<laughs> I'm sure that the uh, I'm sure that the the loser brigade is gonna love what? So, so I have been kind of reading your Substack here and there. I didn't realize this was a thing. I, I guess uh, Scott had some issues with some stuff that you were going to try and put on, on, uh, on Libertarian Institute. I, I, I heard your your interview with Dave, but I, I read the the one about bitch ass libertarians, and I'm I'm going halfway through it, and I, and I'm getting, I'm almost getting offended, <laughs> like seriously, because you know I I've sit on the national committee. Um, I'm definitely not one of the blue pill libertarians. There was a time in my life where I was, and I, you know, I can credit people like you and Dave and some others, but definitely you in general, um, for kind of shaking my worldview on a lot of things. Uh, you know, I, I, especially last year, uh, in the run up to my, 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 uh, national chair run, you know, I, I can't remember what exactly was you said. And then Dave got kind of mad at me for going on fakertarians and doing the interview with them and kind of seeding some some issues to the, some points to them. And I said, you know, this and that. But, you know, I, I kind of came around to this worldview where it was like, why, why, why do I seed any points to these people at all? What's the point? Uh, they're just going to continue to find things to attack me on. And they did. And they have. And uh, they've continued to attack people even after, um, you know, truces were made. So. You guys kind of shook up my worldview, but I'm reading this sub this this Substack article that you that you put out about bitch ass libertarians and uh, let's t- talk about that. What do you, tell tell people what you mean by bitch ass libertarians? They're the libertarians, the first ones who will call you out for being inconsistent, and then they're just inconsistent on a, a lot of important issues. And the one issue that I took with it is you know something that caused 19 plus people their lives. And that was the George Floyd riots last year. And um, libertarian, the Libertarian Party, so many libertarians support for the quote unquote protests that would turn into riots. And well, I mean, if you have people dying, you have property being damaged, private property being damaged. um, You know, maybe you want to distance yourself from that. I mean, just because they're protesting the police and we, you know, we think the police should be privatized and what, what we have now is abolished doesn't mean that you're on the right side. So you know, if as soon as that first life is taken or as soon as that first property, private property is destroyed, then you have to renounce it. And one of my main points in the end was if this was a right wing movement, if this would have started from the right. A lot of these bitch ass libertarians wouldn't have even supported the movement. But if they did, the first time somebody got punched in the face, the first time a Confederate flag came out, they'd be out of there. They'd be denouncing the whole thing. But they were supporting people marching with hammer and sickle flags and wearing Che shirts. Yeah, I. It, it's amazing to me that. You know, an ideology that killed you know, under 20 million people is so much more evil because of the race component than an ideology that killed over 100 million. I mean, I just think these people, they're they're ridiculous and they're just bitches because how do you continue to support a movement that is out there violating the non-aggression principle, which is what you're supposed to be all about and everything is, which is what you would if if I were to say, you know, throw a brick through a bank window, you'd be like, well, what about the non-aggression principle? But when someone else does it, oh, no, that's fine. They're, they're, it's okay for them to do it. 
know, because they're the left. I mean, it's like this this old, stupid, stupid thing that people used to say where it was like, well, you know, the right's evil. Anything, any intention from the right is evil. But the left, they mean well. They're just misguided. And it seems and that is the most retarded thing I've ever heard in the first place, because the left is the most conniving Machiavellian group out there. Sure. The right are just retards. It can't get anything done. And even when you have a Republican president, a Republican Congress and a Republican Supreme Court, they can't get anything done um, to say to support people who are doing horrible shit because they're on the left. I mean, they would it, reverse that and make that a right wing movement. They would have ran away from it in a second. And so that is why I call them bitch ass libertarians. And it's not the only reason. I mean, I have plenty of reasons for calling them bitch ass libertarians. But this one's pretty obvious because it includes death, multiple deaths. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And as uh, any some people watching this might know, definitely a lot of people in the movement know I actually last year uh, marched in a uh, police brutality march here in Iowa, in, in Des Moines, Iowa. And it was totally peaceful. Uh, there was Boog Boys. There was a bunch of other people. Um, but as soon as that movement, even here in Iowa, but all over the country, started breaking shit and hurting people, and then you know the 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 move to demonize Kyle Rittenhouse for for obviously you know protecting himself, I kind of stepped away and started. I had some bad things to say, but that was kind of in your article about bitch ass libertarians. That where you that's what you're talking about. That's what you're talking about now is. You know, as soon as that movement turned violent towards people and property, all good libertarians should have been denouncing mm -hmm. it right right away. I mean, right away. Should have been gone. Yeah, should have been absolutely. gone. Because, and it, I'll say it again, because it's fucking true. If those would have been right-wingers out there, they would have not even have been there to start with, or they would have abandoned them as soon as the first hint of violence or a flag they didn't like. Oh, sure, sure. Presented itself. So, yeah. But, you know, hammers and sickle. Communism? Fine fascism which i mean we have now and i don't see you storming the capital um yeah that's fine it, it, it's it's anathema you yeah. can't even be you, you can't even be a little bit to the right, right. even culturally right you know and, and as eric july likes to say libertarianism about ec economics and ethics and economics first so it doesn't matter what you are culturally if you're culturally left or culturally right if your economics are good you're People whose economics are good tend to be very good culturally. Sure. And, um, you know, I heard Def, uh, Jeff Dice say that once. He said, he said, if you find someone that you think is a terrible libertarian, check their economics. They probably know nothing about it. Sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've had some uh, arguments with quite a few of the Loser Brigade where, it, uh, you know, they're, they're arguing with me about cultural things. First of all, I'm, I'm pretty open culturally. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, especially, I mean, socially, culturally, you know, not, not my own life, obviously. I, I'm personally pro, uh, uh, um, pro-life. You know, we, we live a pretty mm, traditional life in our family. You know what I mean? I, I go to work every day. My, my girlfriend stays home now. Uh, thankfully, we have the opportunity to, to do that. Um, and a lot of people will call me like sexist or misogynist for doing that. And I'm like, dude, I put in 12 hour shifts every single day. I think I've had three days off in like the last almost month. And you're telling me that's sexist and misogynist. Okay. Whatever you say, you know what I mean? Uh, when, when you're living at home, it's very easy to, um, 
you know, very easy to have a Pollyanna look on life, you know? Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But uh, speaking of Pollyanna, my, uh, my stepdad, that's his favorite movie, watches it every Christmas and cries. It's the only thing that makes him cry. It's pretty funny. Uh, so, uh, so speaking of, there's bitch- a lot of things, there's a lot of things that make me cry. <laughs> oh, sure. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, but speaking of bitch ass libertarians, let's talk a little bit about the cathedral. Um, I know you're a fan of Curtis Yarvin and, and the cathedral and, uh, this word, the cathedral, I mean, it really just means this kind of centralized power between, uh, the media and corporations and, the government and it's academia, academia, academia yeah, academia, yeah. especially too. And it's really well as far as Curtis goes. Curtis will only include academia and the press in it. He won't include government in it, and he won't include big tech in it. And I'm sure that has nothing to do with the fact that he lives in Silicon Valley. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do, however, uh, believe that they're all kind of a holy union together. And when I speak of the cathedral, that's what I'm I'm talking about because. You know, we do have these social media companies that that step out there and and testify before the Senate committees, and uh, they do work together and and they do push a political narrative. You know, and um, of course the of course the Democrats want them to push that political narrative if it's going to help them win. We we just spent a year in absolute hell, uh, having our businesses ruined, our lives ruined, our children's mental health ruined, uh, just so that the Democrats, I mean, really, honestly, so the Democrats could push a political opinion, uh, uh, narrative. Really? I mean, most yeah. people, most people who actually see what's going on agree, but, um, the, the cathedral has become such a bad word among, you know, bitch ass libertarians. If, if I say it, I'm automatically a, a white supremacist or a Nazi. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of become the same term as, as cultural Marxism, which kind of goes hand in hand with the cathedral. Uh, yeah. What is what is I your, never what I mean, I mean, it's I don't care. I, I don't care what these people think. I'm just going to say what I want. You know, if if somebody I respected came to me and said, hey, you know, the term just it, you're not going to be able to mainstream it. We can come up with, we can come up with something that, you know, let's look at something that already exists. It's a great argument. I mean, I'll listen to that argument all day. Um, if you come at me and go, well, Curtis Yarvin was part was, you know, was part of the alt right, which he wasn't. I mean, he denounced it every time, every chance he got and that he's a right winger. Sure, he's a right winger. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's a right winger, but he's also brilliant. Um, and more than anything, he can tell you the right books to read. <laughs> and that, that's what most people <laughs> people I cherish are people who can tell me the right books to read. Um but I mean, I like the term. I'm going to keep using the term um, until somebody, like I said, until somebody I respect just goes, "All right, stop. Let's th- this. It, let's come up with something better and present something better." Yeah. Sure. I mean, I still might drop it every once in a while, but I mean, I'm open. I'm open to healthy debate with people who are. Um, I don't even have to know the person. Um, but I mean, if the person's just going to come at me and it's just going to be like, well, you can't do that because it was a right winger. It's like, well, fuck you. I'm just, I don't care. You, you're just making me. It's like the left. It's like, you know, the meme about who radicalized you. The left is looking at, you know, these obvious leftists are looking at someone and go, who's who radicalized you? And he just goes in and goes, you did. You did. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, if you push against if you start pushing against me and tell me I can't do something. If you tell me I can't have Curtis Yarvin on, I'm going to have Ryan Dawson on. If you tell me, and, and if you tell me I, I shouldn't have Ryan Dawson on, Scott Horton has Pat Buchanan's email. Let's see how you get that. Yeah, I, sorry, I had to play my Fuentes sound clip. I don't know if you can hear that. 
I can't. No, I can't hear it. I have a, I have a great sure. sound clip of T, uh, TJ, um, uh, TJ Roberts screaming Fuentes. It's pretty awesome. Uh, but I no, I, I, I agree. And it's, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Every time I bring up the term cathedral, every, you know, I, the fakertarians hop on and they're like, they're like, ooh, you know, that's anti-Semitic. And people are like, that's anti-Semitic. And I'm like, first of all, you fucking idiots. I'm half Israeli. Okay. Uh, I'm not anti-Semitic. Trust me. Trust me. Maybe I don't agree with the, uh, you know, I, I've been called anti-Semitic for saying that we shouldn't give foreign aid to Israel. But I also agree we shouldn't give foreign aid to fucking any country out there. Anybody, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, especially, especially not the ones that are guiding our foreign policy and other things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, Saudi Arabia, any of them, none of them. We yeah. shouldn't be giving our tax dollars should not be funding other countries in their fucking wars. Period. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> if that makes you me no argument for me, yeah. Dude, the la the last account that I got nuked off of uh, Twitter was for I, I put up a couple anti-Zionist memes. Oh and, no! And oh my goodness, the Zionists found me. Oh no! It was like I dude, I got attacked. It was like somebody went into a DM. And there was, you know, there had to be 50 or 60 people in the DM. And it just was like attack, attack, attack. And, it was, and I'm just going, no, nope, fuck you guys. Half oh, Jewish. Man. I say what I want. I don't give a fuck. Fuck y'all. Yeah, it's so Dr. Shlomo, Dr. Shlomo Sand said you're not even real Jews, so <laughs> fuck you. Well, and, and it's it's always funny to me because, you know, most of the people that attack me as an anti-Semite for, you know, thinking Zionist government's a terrible idea, thinking foreign aid to Israel and all, all other countries is a bad idea. Uh, they're never Jewish. It's never the Jewish people. In fact, a lot of the Jewish people that I know are like, yeah, fuck that. Stop giving money to Israel. Yeah, fuck, yeah. Yeah, fuck that. Stop uh, supporting Zionist government. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they all are. And, you know, especially some of the people in my family. And, um, I mean, you realize how, you, a lot of people don't understand how many anti-Zionist Jews there are out there to begin oh, with. Oh, it's ridiculous. I, I mean, it's a they, lot. They just... They get drowned out like we do. They, yeah. they, get, to, they get attacked like we do. Oh, I mean, yeah. look at Mac, Max Blumenthal's Twitter. Oh, yeah. and it's just one Zionist after another going after him. Yeah, all the time. It's constant, constant, constant. But yeah, I just the cathedrals just become such a bad word to some people. And I, you know, I all I can think is, you know, bitch ass libertarians. Got to be bitch ass libertarians. And but, you know, the cool the cool thing about the term is it makes sense. It's something you can't question. And in you know, in old olden times, you, you couldn't question. The church, and I mean, this is a new church, and you, no better example, no better example than anybody who tried to question question government medicine in the last twelve months. Oh God! If you had a question about government medicine in the last twelve months, I mean, you're what are you? Are, have you been consulting Doctor Google? <laughs> have you been Have you been doing your own research? That's bad stuff. Yeah. Go to the gulag. <laughs> Yeah. And then I talked to like a world-class epidemiologist and it's like, well, he doesn't agree with Dr. Fauci. So he's, he's, he's wrong. Like, well, I mean, yeah, well, he's also, he's also the same guy who proved that, um, AZ, AZT in, in the eighties was killing gay people. And that was Fauci's, that was Fauci's thing. So yeah, there's a, there's a problem with this guy. So. Oh yeah. Fauci's such a, I mean, anybody that can li listen to Dr. Fauci and think, yeah, this guy's definitely always telling the truth. It's just an, an idiot. Someone who doesn't know anything about the, the, the AIDS epidemic. You know what I mean? That's for damn sure because he did push AZD. He did kill people. He literally had a hand in, in probably thousands and thousands of people dying. And, and now I have some nerd that was born in like 1995, you know, telling me, oh, no, Dr. Fauci, he's the man. Nobody else knows more than him. And I'm like, I'm like this guy literally killed people for profit. Uh <laughs> Have you have you ever watched Dallas Buyers Club? 
Just go watch it. It's a, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, yeah, it's a movie, but that shit really happened. <laughs> people had to go, people had to go and traffic drugs to save their lives because of Dr. Fauci. And you want me to believe this guy about vaccines and, and a pandemic that with a 99.98% survival rate? Fuck off. Most libertarian movie of all time, possibly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Could you imagine, could you imagine like, if we had some real thing that was actually like a terminal illness spreading yeah. around this country and all of a sudden we have to hop in our fucking cars, drive down to Mexico, fill our damn tires with an over-the-counter drug uh, for therapeutics. And, and could you, would we have, would it be the same thing? Would people be telling on each other for driving down there and getting life-saving uh, things to, to save our lives? I mean, would, would we be telling on our neighbors for trying to save their own lives? Because of Dr. Fauci, I think we might. I really think. I, I know I wouldn't. Yeah, that's a kind. Well, of, I mean, that's kind of shit. Get they, you punched, they, punched in the mouth in my neighborhood, you know. Oh uh, yeah, it's just. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it's really hard not to swallow a black pill when you look at what the population has done, what the overwhelming majority of population has done and put up with in the last twelve months. Because, um, yeah, it's it's bad, man. I I, I just look and see these drones that just believe everything that's on TV. I mean, I mentioned to one person that, um, you know, none of the vaccines were FDA approved and they didn't believe me. Right. And I'm like, do you know how long FDA approval go lasts for vaccines normally? It's for emergency use. Well, yeah, but the FDA said, no, it's for emergency use. It's not FDA approved. They haven't looked at anything. There, the, the trials were two weeks i mean come on oh, oh yeah there was no at one point they were saying they were proud that it, they you know we basically did this in two days and i'm like what <laughs> and well it's a kind of vaccine that we've never used i mean mrna vaccine has never been used wide scale i mean they've had some studies on mrna vaccines not for covid uh but yeah they they pushed this out a lot of people are like, oh, they had the whole year to push the... No, they started working on it like a couple months ago, first of all. Second of all, there's no reliable second and third phase at all uh, trials, which, you know, people are like, well, aren't you a libertarian? Don't you not believe in this trial? No, I, I want yeah. these drugs to be tested. Are you fucking kidding me? We're, 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 we're putting this out to the population telling every single man, woman, and even some children, pregnant woman, women, that they need to put this in their body. This is a, a an RNA possibly changing uh uh yeah. envelope and you want me to just put it in my arm with no reliable second and third phase trials and if i don't i'm a i'm a what a nazi yeah but no uh, it's um it's ridiculous at this point i mean basically this the human trial is happening right now oh yeah oh yeah, yeah and it's exactly hard what's going on and when you i've heard personally about so many um like adverse adverse reactions, one person their arms swelled up twice the size, and then the people who get what I guess they're considering it a booster or a second shot, and it has to be four weeks later, and then you hear stories from people who've already had the second shot, and they're like down for days, or they're dropping and dead. I mean, there there are people yeah. that have dropped dead after the second shot. There's people nine hundred, I think, so far. Yeah, I mean, if and that's the other thing is people are like, oh, where do you get where do you get your data from? Vares, it's like literally the the vaccine like reporting system. I mean, that's <laughs> and that's and that's just the people that are being reported. Guaranteed, I guarantee yeah. there's another thousand that haven't been reported. 
you know. Well, if they're doing and if they're doing it in other countries, like say they're doing it in an African country, and you have people start dropping dead, you know, they're not going to count those numbers. Oh, hell I mean, no. Come on, they don't have to. Of course <laughs> not. Of course not. Of course not. So, uh, what'd you get banned for, man? Off Twitter. Oh, the first time. Oh, it was it was so bitch ass. Oh my god. Um, you know the old copy pastas. You you remember the copy pasta of the guy? I was Navy Seal. Oh yeah. Yeah, and and it just goes on for post after post. Well, there was this one that was. um, I'll have you know, I have like fourteen degrees and three English degrees, and I and and like at the end, and it was like, um, it was just like you know all caps attack and everything. Yeah, that I I got kicked. I had my like main account in my name, 17, 18,000 followers nuked for a copy pasta that oh. was probably 10 years old. Oh my God. Off Twitter. Off Twitter. And now it's like, I can't even, I can't put anything. I've tried to like arrange my account name so that it's like close to my name and boom, they just cut that account. They, they shut that account down really quick and everything. So I'm literally, I literally have to have an anonymous. That's, well, that's how Facebook is with me. They literally, I can't even log into someone else's account from anything that has my IP address on it. That's how bad it is for me with Facebook. I try. So I actually was able to create, when they kicked me off Facebook, they, I was able to create a new account. Of course, I did it with my own name like a fucking idiot, but uh, <laughs> it was up for less than six hours and it was down. And all I was doing was adding my friends. That's it. That's all I was doing. Yeah. But uh, speaking of bitch ass libertarians, a lot of bitch ass libertarians are, uh, are you know, that's their private platform. They can do whatever they want. How how do you feel? Uh-huh. How do you feel about that? Where where do you stand on the uh, the social media bans and the uh, shutting down of right wing voices? I mean, I don't care if you have stock on the if your company has a ticker on the New York Stock Exchange, Nasdaq, whatever it is. If you're taking government money, if you've taken government money in the past, if, as Michael Rechtenwald has proven, the CIA seeded your money, seeded you the money to start this thing, you're not a private company. And as far as I'm concerned, I mean, and the government's in with them, so I don't want government regulation. I mean, how's government going to regulate itself? It doesn't do it now. It hasn't done it for 200 years, so um, that's not going to happen. I mean, you know, maybe find out where the servers are and, you know, something bad happens, possibly. You know, I mean, hey, you know, it's government property as far as I'm concerned, you know, sure. and if those if those riots last year that the bitch after libertarians love so much um, would have concentrated on courthouses and police stations and, you know, basically government buildings, I'd have been fine with that. I sure. wouldn't have had a lot to say about that. But as soon as you go after like you go in, you go after some small business owner in upstate New York and you just beat the living hell out of them. um, but, oh, yeah, but those those aren't the protesters. Those are I'm sorry. I can't tell the difference anymore. Yeah, they're all the same. And they're and they're cheering it on and they're arguing with you on online about, you know, the 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 viability of beating up business owners and tearing down people's. Well, they had insurance. They got insurance. I don't give a shit. People spend their whole lives putting money away to try and start a business. Then they start a business and some shithead with no job carrying a, a, a hammer and sickle flag comes up and 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 burns firebombs your building and now you're out of business you know in a time when many of us are struggling to make money because the government has already shut down so many of our businesses yeah you know and, I don't that, get... and that business is and that business is already struggling because you know they're probably if they're a restaurant they're at minimum capacity if they're even open they may only be doing takeout or something like that 
And, um, you know, then they have so not only is the government at war with them, you know, you got people on the street at war with them. You know, the, the easiest, easiest way to deal with riots in the future is you just get rid of every gun law in the United States. And anyone who has anyone who wants a gun can have a gun. And if someone comes to hurt your property to hurt you or to come onto your property, you light the motherfucker up. Yeah. That's just the way the way to do it from now on. But Pete, I mean, you just but yeah, Pete, what? but Pete. Is your property really worth somebody's life, man? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yes, you don't know what yes, they're going to – Yes, yeah, it you is. Don't know what, well, I mean, and if I'm on the property, who knows what they're going to do to me when they come on it. Sure. But, I, I mean, mean – It's just self-defense. It's just, self defense. It's yeah, just at, defending what's yours. At the end of the day – if that, somebody's stupid enough to do that, ventilate them. Sure. Yeah, well, and if, if the property is making you money, it's it's your your cash cow. It's how you're feeding your family. I mean, it is your life. It's I don't see the difference between your property – and your life at this point. I mean, it is an extension of your, your self ownership really, you know? And, and, uh, I think, I think that's why the, the bitch ass libertarians hate us, you know? (laughs) Cause, cause we, we remember, remember there was a caucus. There was a caucus that one of their slogans was rent is theft. Oh God. Don't get me started, Pete. Do you remember my, (laughs) were you, were you weren't a part of the, the Mises caucus or any, anything like that in the 2018 campaign when I was running, were you? That was the 20, just 2020, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So the 2018 campaign, we had, we had a, an avowed Marxist on stage debating me, uh, and he was essentially just thrown up there to try and throw me off so Nick Sarwark could take the win. It was all a big rouse, you know, or ruse or whatever the hell that word is. Don't look. Do I look like a smart man? Uh, but uh, yeah. That I mean, I, I that I feel like that caucus has become more and more uh, insignificant over the last you know four years. Thankfully, yeah, you think, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, uh, if you have higher ups that are, you know, colluding with you and working with you and working to protect you, um, you know, you can get away with a lot if there, even if there's only ten of you. Sure. I sure. mean, look at look at the, the the population now. I mean, you could get friggin' fired from your job for saying something about trans people. How big do you think the trans lobby is? Oof, probably small. Yeah. Like yeah, so. yeah, and pro- and it's probably run by people who aren't even trans. Oh, it so, always is. It always is. Yeah, it's yeah, a middle. So. It's it's middle class uh, white liberals who think they have to speak for every other race and and gender identity and whatever the hell else uh, they got to speak for. It's they're they're the ones that want the hero complex, right? Yeah, and apparently they think they're the smartest of us, and a lot of the bitch ass libertarians like them and appreciate them. Well, they think they can court and look them. up to. They think they can court them and bring them into a, a party that does not align with their values whatsoever. Uh, and yeah. the the truth the truth is that these are the same people that will line you up against the fucking wall uh, for wanting to own a business. Yeah. I, I mean, truly, at the end of the day. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm with you on the social media bans. I think I think that uh, libertarians have taken really bad narratives concerning that stuff. I think I think that they do work to, in tandem with with the government. Um, they definitely have gotten a lot of money which is our tax money uh they shouldn't have the right to throw people off for dissenting opinions um and and there's a a clear war against certain narratives and they're not just a nazi narrative (laughs) yeah yeah i know what do we do to counter that narrative pete you know i mean i've heard you talk a little bit about counter narrative and stuff but i mean this is a this is a a growing, like you said, religion in this country, this, this, uh, cancel culture, SJW wokeism bullshit. What do we do to counter that as, 
Um, I, I won't call you a libertarian because I know that you you decided to stop. Uh, God, that's so qualifying. I hate, everything. <laughs> I hate that. I love traveling. I hate baggage, so I don't. I don't like baggage in anything. So fair. Um, um, we got to find a better narrative, and really, the only thing I've been able to come up with for a number of reasons, and it was uh, really Vin Armani who who started coming up with this, was you know, is going back to the Declaration of Independence that um, all men are created equal, endowed by our Creator, um, inalienable rights, and all things that cannot be proven. And considering that the progressive um, narrative is stuff that you can't prove, I mean, they're just out of their minds, just spewing nonsense. Um, And you still have a lot of people in this country who uh, believe in God, believe in the Constitution, believe in rights, Believe the founders. I think the best way to court them is to start quoting the founders again. And um, I think it has to do with, you know, did where did they get the right to tell us you can't tell you you can't leave your house? Where did they get the right to tell you you have to, you know, wear a diaper on your face when you leave the house? And you know, where do they get the right to say, you know, if you wanna if you wanna travel and if you wanna go into a government building? Or if you want to go into your own business and we're going to force your business to do this, you have to get a vaccine. You have to have a needle stuck in your arm. Well, man, that's some, you know, that's some 1984 shit right there. And I, I think the only way to counter it is we got to go back and we got to go simple. And I think the founding was, uh, was rather simple. Inherent rights endowed by a creator shall not be infringed or that in there. And, um, I think that's a powerful narrative. If it's crafted right, it can get in front of enough people. And, um, yeah, I think people will really start grabbing onto that. Just the straight liberty, but in language that they are familiar with and they understand. There's no new language there. It's language that they know. Normie language. Yep. (laughs) I mean, that's another problem with libertarians is you always got to be the smartest person in the room. Yeah, well, the we read a lot of we read a lot of books, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not all of us. Some of us for sure. Some people are reading the wrong fucking books. Listen, I read the Libertarian uh, Mind a long time ago too. I get it. It was it was a good starting spot for sure. But we've moved on from then. Okay. Uh, I don't even know what that is. I I was lucky, man. I came <laughs> in and Ron Paul. I ordered his book of speeches from the House floor, um, Foreign Policy of Freedom. Oh, sure. And it mentioned the, it mentioned the Mises Institute in the back, so I went on the Mises Institute website and started ordering books from them. That was that was my beginning. My my beginning just started in Mises and has not has not deviated because um, to deviate away from Mises is to deviate away from libertarianism, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I agree. I agree. I don't think there's a better institute or think tank uh, available for for libertarian ideals and principles certainly not cato and all those people there they catch catch shit for being nazis and and right-wing fascist those are my favorite people so what does that say about me yeah you must be a nazi or a right-wing fascist for sure i love for sure i love lou rockwell i what every time i see him it brings a smile to my face jeff diced Oh God, I love I'd him to ra- death. I'd rather. I think Jeff Dice is probably one of the best pod. He's probably the best libertarian podcast guest out there. Oh, nobody, nobody speaks like him. I mean, his and his he, speeches are amazing. And then his own podcast, yeah, Human Action. Oh my God, going through the deciding to go through books. 
Oh, what do you, and now he's talking this year about doing like the Machiavellians by Burnham and everything. I'm like, oh, it's so gotta, good. Man. It's gonna be good. It's gonna it's gonna probably uh, uh, rustle some jimmies. Oh, good. <laughs> why? Because why? Because that was a book Curtis Yarvin said that Ooh. everybody should read. Oh, Curtis Yarvin, <laughs> the, the alt right leader, guy. the the alt right leader, Curtis Yarvin, exactly yeah. the guy who's denounced the alt right several times, but. Uh, yeah, no, no, it's, uh, I, I love the Mises Institute, obviously, I, you know, and it's one of the reasons why I worked with the Mises Caucus, because I was like, well, this is a good name. Oh, these guys are sharing the same principles. Oh, now Tom Woods is on the, the board of advisors. This is the perfect place for me. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, where you stand on the, the Mises Caucus and the takeover? I know you, you kind of, you had like this, I mean, you were joined up with the caucus and you were ready for the takeover in 2020 in 2020 2020 yeah uh and then you i actually reached out to you about something and i was like uh hey pete you know blah 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 blah. and you're like i'm out <laughs> i was like oh shit what happened um so I, I don't know where you stand on that i think i think we have uh i think we have a good chance walking into 2022 and taking over whether you know Hi. obviously i'm running for chair again angela's running for chair she's got the mises caucus endorsement this time uh not me uh, but but I think no no matter which one of us wins the the party's going to be in good hands. I think the principles are going to be there. Um, where do you stand on on the Mises Caucus and the takeover and dragging the Libertarian Party out of irrelevance and away from that blue pilled uh, Beltway Libertarian bullshit? Yeah, I um when all this COVID stuff started happening, um, I immediately saw what was coming. And I didn't really see a political solution to it. I didn't see, um, I thought I was doing so much podcasting on it that I thought waste, I thought it would be a waste of my time to start dealing with party politics while, especially when you had, um, Trump running a second time and knowing that the libertarian party, no matter who they ran, was not going to get a, get a million votes. Um, and then just the, the lack of, um, messaging about um, out of the LP, not the caucus, about the lockdowns and stuff like that. It just it, it all came in on me at once. And I was just like, uh, man. But, you know, I wrote I started feeling bad about it and everything. And I started writing about. Um, and I said I made a lot of mistakes this year. And I said one of the mistakes I wrote an article about that. So one of the mistakes was um, abandoned in the Mises caucus. And then I just started writing articles about what I'd like to see in a you know in a libertarian party and um i wrote an article about how i didn't think the libertarian party could ever have power because the non-aggression principle is their guiding um is you know is everything i mean it's the only thing you have to agree to to join the party so if everything is about the non-aggression principle you can't do the kind of dirty politics you need to do if you're abiding by the non-aggression principle and as soon as you abandon the non-aggression principle, then, you know, it's really not libertarianism anymore. Um, but then after a week of thinking about that, I wrote an article saying what it would take for me to support it again. And, um, there was some pretty wild shit in there. I think, I think I said, you know, we need to get rid of all the woke people. And I'd even, I'd even side with tankies oh, as long as they were, as long as they were red pilled and, uh, <laughs> red pilled tankies. Woo! Yeah. Oh, there's, oh, I know a couple. Oh, oh yeah. sure. I'm sure there are yeah. some. Um, but the, um, I was, you know, there was a couple, there were only a couple things. A lot of it was just me venting, which is pretty much my whole sub stack. Sure, sure. Um, 
but there were a couple things in there that I thought were more important than anything. And as soon as I put that out, um, Michael Heiss texted me and goes, we need to talk. And then, um, so we started talking and everything. And then I was, I got a call from the man, Scott Hort. Oh. And, you know, so my phone rings, put my earpiece in and Scott starts talking about the plan. And, you know, Scott and I are partners at the Libertarian Institute and everything. So, um, and probably no one that I um, respect their opinion more um, than Scott Horton, because I know he's pure of heart. and He's probably the best libertarian out of all of us. Um, and he started explaining everything to me. And I said, um, yeah, this is the kind of when I wrote that article, I was serious about it. And this is the kind of thing that um, we're talking about. And, you know, Scott laid out the plan to me and everything. And um, I was like, let's do this. And right from that, right from that moment, it was like, I think um, I got in touch with Michael and I said, you know, whatever I need to do and everything. And I think I reached out to Angela and, I, you know, it was like the first thing because I knew that she would, you know, she had already announced her run and her run and everything. And I got her on and we started talking about that. And I started talking at Eric July on and I said, um, you know, what do you you know, what would it take for you to support the Libertarian Party? So I started talking about it again, you know, and then it um, culminates in the convention here today in uh, Georgia, LP, Georgia. And um, the one thing that the only thing on the docket that I cared about, I didn't even really care about the people getting elected and everything is I wanted secession, a, a secession plank added the to the platform. platform. Hell yeah. And. I was told when I got there, yeah, this is it. And it was handed to me and I read it and I'm like, all right, let's do this. And as soon as it came up and yeah, that was the obvious, you can imagine it was the most heavily debated thing of the day. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was, it, it was just, it was ridiculous. You think it'd and then, be easy in fucking Georgia. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I, but, um, you know, and then the last person who came up to voice their disagreement and it came with the, well, you know, they're already labeling people insurrectionists and everything. And I'm like, and that's why we need to put it in there. Yeah. Awesome. That's Good. why we need to put it in there. And, and you know, and I'll say this. I don't think I've ever said this on a po on a podcast before, um, but I've said it. I, I actually said it today, but I've said it a couple of times privately. We'll we'll know we're winning. That the Mises caucus is doing amazing things and, the, and that the Libertarian Party has completely changed to what we want when MSNBC and CNN call Reason Magazine or Cato to have somebody come on to ask questions about what happened to the Libertarian Party and why do they sound like the founding fathers? Now? Why do they sound insane? <laughs> well, there was there was a there was an article that. that came out recently. But, but, what was the article? But that was there yeah. Was but a... that was that was obviously. I mean, the the writer of that article said they went to. Um, college with what's her name with what's his name jason weinman yeah the punk yeah um and Wait. he uh, and it's like well what he did was what? he reached yeah! out to a friend from college and said i want to shit on the mises caucus would you do me a favor and write this article and i'll supply you a whole bunch of a whole bunch of nonsense from it looks like their nazis are taking over the lp and everything like that that's exactly what I, in my opinion that's what happened. I'd be willing to bet money. I'd be oh, willing I'm to sure. bet hundred bucks in Bitcoin. Yeah, that that's what happened. I mean, yeah. Weinman's Weinman's definitely one of the like leaders of the uh, of the loser brigade. And, and interestingly enough, there's so many quotes, and and I've actually seen fakertarians go after 
uh, uh, Weinman because there's quotes of him saying we need to take over in like Democratic uh, uh, Facebook groups saying we need to take over the Libertarian Party and destroy it. Like there's actually real quotes yeah. of this guy saying that. And then he's in, was that article in Salon? I think it was a Salon article. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where he's calling the, the Mises Caucus a white nationalist takeover of the Libertarian Party and blah, blah, well, blah, blah, it, blah, blah. It's people, it's people like him is the reason why I've spent the last three or four months trying to recruit as many military vets to the party. Because we need some testosterone in the room <laughs> for when these bitch-ass libertarians start mouthing off. And we'll I see agree. if they mouth off. I agree. They, know, don't, I, they don't in person, though. That's the thing is— and, I want Maj to get see, and that's another thing is I want Maj to to join the party and get more active and bring some people in from the inner city. Oh yeah, you know. So when that person in the room goes, well, you can't talk to me. That's transphobic. Bitch, shut the <laughs> fuck up. It smells. It smell like that's bitch in here. It smell yeah, like bitch in here. Get back in your the locker. Party I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's a, it's totally a possibility too. I think I think people like Maj are are, are great because there is that inner city that. The you know the the large majority of libertarians. Let's be honest, they're fucking white spurgs, uh, middle class I, from nice neighborhoods who are afraid to go into uh, a Philly and start messaging libertarian principles. You know, uh, South Philly or where I'm from, Oakland, California. Well, and, it, and it's probably smart that they don't. You want somebody who speaks the language. Sure. You want somebody who looks like them. Absolutely. Yeah, this just makes sense. I mean, come on. But you know. Uh, Maj is a white supremacist, so yeah, Air July too. <laughs> yeah, Air July is a white supremacist too. This shit All my black friends are white supremacists. Hotel Jesus is a white supremacist. <laughs> yeah. All these white I've supremacists out here, point. man. <laughs> it's funny because for a long time it was me and you and Dave and a bunch of other people getting attacked as white supremacists, and then there's been this kind of pivot uh, in some of the woke ass uh, Beltway libertarians lately, where the new white supremacists are all these black guys, and I'm going, what the. What the fuck is happening right now? Is this are you guys really <laughs> doing this shit? This is insane, in fucking sane. And uh, but yeah, it's been it's been pretty interesting to see. Definitely, definitely. So what do you, what do you think? Uh, you know, th- these lockdowns are. I mean, some states are kind of lifting their lockdowns and mass mandates, but we we still have. I mean, I still go to the the grocery store, and everyone in the damn grocery store but me is wearing a mask, and everyone's looking at me like I'm this psycho serial killer. Um, how do we counter this shit? What's the best chance to flee the Amazon fulfillment gulags and uh, and start making people look real dumb in person? How do we how do we do that, Pete? I don't know, man. That's hard. That's hard. I, I don't. You don't want to get into confrontations with people. Um, I mean, some of these people are genuinely scared, and some of these people are genuinely mentally ill. So. Either way, you have to be careful. I mean, frightened animals you know, can lash out at you, and the mentally ill—who the hell knows what's going on? You know, what what you could be facing. Um, it's a hard one, man. It's a hard one. I mean, I, I know the one place that I've been forced to wear a mask in the last six, seven months is on planes. Oh, because I've sure. been popping, I've been popping on and off of planes. I mean, you're just not getting on a plane. You, no medical. Excuse, there is, I have not seen anyone. I mean, really, I mean, the smartest they, people like me who just, if it's a short flight or something, I just have my Starbucks cup and I'm <laughs> slowly sipping it. You, you, know? you and Ted Cruz. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, um, but I mean, as far as other, man, that's, it's just so hard because how do you, constructing a narrative to 
see all of the tyranny, to see all of the overarching um, effects from COVID, from the COVID-19 garbage, um, that you can you can construct the narrative for that, for everything. But when it comes to the disease itself, that's a, that's a tough one. I mean, some libertarians are trying to, I mean, they've constructed this insane narrative that this disease doesn't exist. Even if that were true and you knew it for a fact, the overwhelming majority of people believe it exists. Just fucking lie to them. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, just go along with their delusion. Because if you start saying that, then you're just fucking Alex Jones. I mean, you can be right. And and I've met a lot of libertarians that all they care about is being right. It doesn't matter if it alienates everyone and, you know, they they've never converted anyone on their own. But at least they're right. I mean, I said that right after the election to go after Trump supporters because and, and tell them and you don't have to tell them that you think the election was stolen. All you have to tell them is, hey, if you think the election is stolen, they're going to steal it again in 2024. Right. They're going to steal it again in 2028. So we're over here. We're going to be over here for, you know, the next four years and, and on, you know, throwing rocks at these people metaphorically. You know, and we're going to we're going to be going after them in the press on social media every way we can. So why don't you join us and do it? You know, because you're never going to get elected again. You know, and then and I was willing to lie until the Time article came out and the Time article came out and said, well, they did steal the election. I mean, they admitted they admitted to this shit, Pete. (laughs) I I could just. Yeah. And it's like usually they wait a couple of years. You know, this is just like this is just like, I mean, like literally I was going to say shove it in your face, but it's really shoving it up your ass because it's like, well, what are you going to do about it? Well, I think it's we've seen that so many times just since the inauguration. I mean, how fucking insane is it that? On inauguration day, they opened all the restaurants in Washington D.C. On inauguration day, they opened all the all the restaurants in Washington D.C. They didn't even wait a month. They were like, "Oh yeah, we're just you know we'll just open these restaurants. We'll start lifting these bands. Your kids can go back to school in the next thirty days." Blah 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 blah. You know, and then the Time article comes out, and you're going, "These motherfuckers." Let's say for for. One second, there was no election fraud. Like, you know, some of these really crazy virtue signaling Democrats believe. Uh, Mm -hmm. Even if there was no election fraud, there was. There always is election fraud. I mean, Mm -hmm. every single election in my lifetime has been fraught with election fraud. It it was no different than the other elections. There may have been a bigger number. There may have been a smaller number. But I guarantee you there was election fraud. But even if there wasn't any election fraud, they have proven to you that they took your business, they they took your livelihood, they they injured your children's mental health, they injured your mental health to win an election. Period. The the COVID lockdowns, as soon as Joe Biden and Kamala Harris were inaugurated, they started lifting these restrictions. If that doesn't prove to you, and that was before they were putting out this, this vaccine across the country. If that doesn't prove to you that the Democrats were doing everything they could to hamper Trump and to, uh, you know, keep conservatives down and, and, and make them believe that, you know, they were the saviors of this crazy pandemic. I don't know that anything is ever going to get through to those people at all. Yeah. I mean, to me, you know, this whole idea, you know, and I I mean, it's come out and it's, I mean, it's true that at some point Sarwak said, 
you know, we're just going to go after the left and everything. I mean, these people are insane. I, I mean, you can you can have a conver- you can have a normal conversation with your average conservative. You know, I'm, I can go shoot. I go to the shooting range. There's conservatives there that just get along. We have something in common. We like to shoot. You know, we like guns and everything. And um, they don't want to take mine away. Um, the left is just insanity. I mean, it's just it's they're so far gone. It's a pe- well, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, it's just mental illness upon mental illness. I mean, it's and, you know, you could say the same thing about uh, the right on a lot of things. You know, I mean, I think Trump really screwed a lot of people up into um, dragged a lot of people out of um, an apolitical life and made them political. And then if you're like if you're if you're apolitical and you're pulled into politics and then you're like who you're learning politics from and who you're relying on is Trump. I mean, is there any wonder why you know, people ran to Q and stuff like that? I sure. mean, I don't want to make excuses because I've been there's really been I don't know many people who've been as hard on Q people as I have. But um, <laughs> hey, you got to trust the know, plan, man. It's coming. It's in yeah. March now, I think. It's March 20th. Now, oh, yeah. good, March, good. March 4th went by and, um, you know, that was that was our inauguration day. Trump was inaugurated. And I think on March 20th, um, because, you know, people don't know Trump is the president right now. Um, I think Princess Diana is vice president. And um, (laughs) Tupac's coming back to lead the army to uh, tribunals. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, Tupac's going to be taking over Gitmo. And um, because, I mean, he's already in Cuba, so why not? Right. With Um, with Hitler and uh, and and Teddy from Twitter, I think. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And. yeah, and and then on the twentieth, um, that's when that's the, the the fucking pedophiles are finally going to be marched out. Thank God, they're going to be. I mean, come on, come on. Why are you? If you know where they are, why haven't you gotten them yet? They're they're molesting kids. Come on, yeah. What are you waiting for? Yeah, it's just such insanity. And I actually think that there is organized pedophilia in the world and in this country as well. But you know, it's like so. I don't want to make light of it, but no doubt about come it. On. Look at Come this! On, look at this people. sweet yeah. hoodie oh, yeah. from TopLobster.com. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean March twentieth, and then it, I mean, what what is it going to be? They're going to push it out to May Day or something? Oh, these yeah. commies. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, well, come on, it's, it's this isn't going to fucking end, man. The grift is too. The grift is too good. On it's this a good too. grift. It's, you know, and the, yeah. I, I said this like the other Tina day. 40? Oh you yeah, know Tina 40, right? I, I said oh, yeah. this the other day. Uh, whoever's putting out the QAnon conspiracies is probably some uh, middle class, middle aged white liberal from the New York Times drinking a soy chai. Uh, green tea matcha latte at their computer yeah, every like matcha, mo- <laughs> every morning just <laughs> laughing hilar- hilar- hysterically. You know, that's all I can think. It's got to be because how can you? I mean, I guess if I guess if you went through Trump era politics and you dealt with supporting this man who did all this shit that you're you know you don't want to you don't want to subscribe to. I mean, the trade wars not ending any wars. And then for me, some of the most un- unforgivable shit was he's walking out of office. He has a chance to pardon Snowden, uh, Julian Assange and Ross Ulbricht doesn't even look at the fucking case. You know, I just did my show on Wednesday about Ross. He got railroaded, railroaded. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, and he had a, he had an opportunity to to at least grant the man clemency, maybe not a pardon, but clemency, and he he just walked out and uh, left these political prisoners after spending four years saying that he believes in you know free markets and uh, and uh, truth in journalism, and and he was at war with the check marks and the bad journalists, and they're the enemy of the people. But then he lets J- Julian Assange rot. So um, I wouldn't want to claim any of that shit either, you know. And and the yeah. best way to not claim that is to live in a reality world about uh, how Trump's really coming back on a, he's going to come out of the clouds on a white horse with his sword. You know, it seems a little, seems a little cultish to me. Yeah. It also seems very, um, not Christian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's that, that yeah. worshiping the false. I, I actually wrote a, I wrote a Substack about this. I did a, um, saying that now, you know, the Christian right and a lot of the right have, you know, they, they've lost their, um, right to call out people for being inconsistent because when you've, you know, when you've supported for five years, a uh, twice, you know, twice married serial adulterer, um, in the, the far, you know, way close, I said way closer to Ron Jeremy than, you know, like, you know, the president, <laughs> you, know, you know, like any, the person you'd want to be president or no, the person you, you know, no, I said it was closer to Ron Jeremy than Billy Graham. Sure. Because, you know, we're talking about Christians here and everything. And, you know, they I mean, by supporting him, uh, it, it, you, you can go ahead and call out the left for being inconsistent in all their inconsistencies, which is <laughs> how's that working out for <laughs> for right Twitter and, you know, the la- and, you know, libertarian. I still see libertarians doing that. And it just it's just facepalm. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're going to call out the left for being inconsistent. Yeah, they really care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They really care. They I mean, fucking really... know. They know they're inconsistent. Yeah. They don't give a shit. Yeah. That's part yeah, of their they politics. Care. They just want power. Yeah. And you're going to do anything you can get, anything you can, can do to get power. So it's, yeah, I mean, these people are. Well, then I saw the. Yeah, uh, these people are nuts. I saw them. the pictures from CPAC where they had, uh, at some, some event outside of CPAC, they had the golden statue of Donald Trump. And there was pictures of people bowing to it and kissing it. And I'm going, these are like self reported like Christian conservatives worshiping a, a false idol. What the hell? <laughs> crazy stuff, man. Oh. Crazy, crazy stuff. Well, I know, I know a lot of Christians who are anarchists will say that just, you know, saluting the flag, or even if you're not an anarchist, you can't be a Christian because you're serving another God. True. You're taking, you're taking bows and you're, you know, so, you know, but Christianity has been another thing that, is just absolutely perverted that you know to mix nationalism with christianity yeah so, i mean anyone who like is has read or studied and i will say studied the bible because i have thoroughly and you know seminary and everything like that um yeah there is no room for nationalism i mean um paul wasn't you know paul uh, you know, paul called himself a proud uh that he was born a roman um when he had to Right. When it when it yeah when it helped to further the gospel, sure. it wasn't like he was it, it wasn't like he was proud of this. I mean, all he cared about was that friggin' Damascus getting knocked off a friggin' thing in, in Damascus and you know being confronted. I mean, that's all he cared about from from that point on till the day he died. Sure, I mean, he didn't care about what the, the uh, fucking what Caesar was doing. You know, right? He found out Caesar. He found out Caesar was killing Christians, and he's just like. Give them comfort in the gospel. 
Yeah, I went to church. <laughs> I went to church uh, like so, not this last Sunday, but the Sunday before, and the the whole sermon was about the uh, the state in it and and the Christian religion. Like, and uh, all I took away from it was don't give Caesar shit. Don't give him a fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some Jason Booth in the chat actually said, uh, "Didn't the Christian right turn on Ron Paul in 2012 and 2008? Not 16, but um, and they did. That's absolutely the truth." And well, that's because they're pro-war as fuck. Oh yeah, which doesn't yeah, make a lot and of sense. Which, yeah, I don't. I'm not getting that. Yeah, the pro, the pro-war, pro, uh, pro-life christians turning on uh it doesn't make any sense to me you can't first of all if you support like constant wars in the middle east just stop calling yourself a fucking conservative you're not a conservative you you want to spend a third of our national budget on on killing brown people overseas just stop calling yourself a conservative there's no reason for you to use that term anymore (laughs) yeah but anyways uh some people wanted to know about your band days pete Oh, how, how, what was that? I, you know, I, I was a musician. I played music for a long time too. I got to play some really cool shows with a lot of cool bands, but, uh, what, what did you play? I didn't even know you were a musician. I mean, I played bass, I played guitar and I was lead singer for, for a while. What bands? Anything I know? Um, no, you wouldn't, but I mean, there were bands, I'm not going to name them, uh, but there are (laughs) bands. If I told you, if I told you who like we opened for and people that I knew, well, and I, I said this on Twitter and everything. I mean, I was, we were close with Marilyn Manson um because my bass player and and Twiggy Jordy uh were roommates for three years so oh, you know, it was super cool we're, yeah we were pretty close with them um I was there when they fired Brad as the bass player and Jordy was the um Twiggy was the guitar player for Umbogalard and they asked him to come play bass and I was there standing next to him when he signed the contract for it so that's rad. Did you ever have any uh, cool tour stories? Uh, I never went on tour. Oh, bummer. Never went always, always playing stuff locally and stuff like that. And never went on. To, I had offers to come like, um, you know, do guitar work on the road and stuff like that. But it was just like, I'm going to stay here and work on my own thing. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I play, I play bass and drums and I sang in some heavy bands. It was always heavy stuff for me. Definitely. Except for I played bass in a really cool pop punk band that almost made it big. Uh, with lead singer Vinny Marshall, if you guys follow him on on Facebook, he's yeah. really out. You know Vinny, you know oh, yeah. Vinny. He worked on the Monopoly on. Duh! <laughs> I totally forgot. Uh, yeah, Vinny. So Vinny's my best friend from childhood. By the way, we've we've known each other since wow. uh, since about God, probably seventh grade, maybe. I mean, we're talking decades, and uh, we we were in a band called Advocate together before I actually moved to Portland, and it was doing really well. It was a good band, and he's the, the if you've never heard him sing, the man's got a, an amazing voice amazing voice uh he's good podcast podcast voice too i wish he still did podcast but the the, yeah, the boy can sing and when you do pop punk style like poster punk style stuff he's he's really the man so if you can find vinnie marshall and convince him to start playing music again it would be a benefit to the entire world but i am glad that he does a lot of liberty i need stuff. him writing them and I, I need him writing the follow-up to the monopoly on violence right now don't anybody contact oh me. are you guys doing a follow-up oh i mean we're doing a, a we're doing america's police crisis Oh, um, America's police crisis.com. We're doing, um, production on it starting this month and it's going to be just looking at the police, the history of the police. And, um, this one's going to be targeted to normies. Um, uh, we're going to, we'll talk about some libertarian solutions for policing, but that's not going to be the overwhelming message. The overwhelming message is going to be teaching their history, what they do, you know, why they do, why they do things and, um, ways to improve it inside the system you know as much as much shit as i give the police 
the very first article I ever wrote on the police was how to, it wasn't, well, we need private police and we get rid of the police, you know, because that's so far off. It's like, why talk about it? Let's talk about something, you know, that is going to keep people from getting killed and people, people from getting arrested. So I wrote an article on how to fix, you know, how a big fix that I would see to private policing now. I mean, to to um, government policing now. And um, I continue to write that the to write about that. I always write about how to fix it now, except for I had to give a speech and I gave a speech in New Hampshire on um, the way you could even with the state existing, how people could police their own neighborhoods and basically drive the police out. And it it was pretty good. It it was a good speech. Um, I did a lot of research for it. And um, I actually turned it into an article on um, this. I turned the speech into an article on libertarianinstitute.org. It's called, um, what did I call it? Uh, um, <laughs> I'll come up with it. I'll Send it, it to up. me and I'll put it in the show notes yeah. for sure. For I sure. think the, uh, the edible's kicking in. So. Uh, oh, <laughs> it's been an hour. It's been an hour. So <laughs> it's going to be a good night. Hey, my volume kicked in over an hour ago. So you guys are just awesome. lucky that I'm still like standing right now. Um, hockey. Oh, eliminating, oh. Uh, uh, eliminating the horror of modern policing. Oh, there we go. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's good. a good, it's a good article. A lot of research. I'm actually really glad. I'm actually really glad that, uh, you guys are doing a follow up to that. I had no idea. And I'm very excited because if you haven't watched the monopoly on violence, do yourself a favor, go on Amazon and watch it. It's, I think it's streams for free if you have prime, right? Yeah. It streams for free if you have prime. And then it's, I mean, I think it's five. I, I don't even know what the price is. I don't, I, that's not part of what I do. Um, I think it's five bucks or it something was like that. put together. It, so, so amazingly well. I mean, at the same time that you guys were starting that, I was talking about doing a documentary. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. And I uh, and I started kind of getting some funds together and getting some people together. I had a video editor. I'm like, yeah, let's do this. And then all of you guys were like, we're doing this documentary. I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm not doing a documentary. I just, I'm just <laughs> fucking looking. Look at this this crew of people. My God, I'm, I can't do this. And so uh, so I'm glad that yeah, you we, guys put it out. <laughs> we, had a, we had a good crew, man. And then um, at, at the very end gentleman named Cody Smith um, jumped in and said, Hey, look, I'm a videographer. I'm also, you know, basically an idea, man. I mean, really just comes up with great ideas. And uh, he also does uh, motion graphics, things like that. And he was the one who like the intro. Oh, sure. Where you get into it and everything. I mean, that's him. And he, he came in and brought that in and brought in some, some motion graphic in in the, uh, in the middle of it. And, you know, so like if, if they're talking about um, like capital capital punishment in the old days, one of the pictures that I I got was um, basically looked like a hanging, and you know like when we were first shot it, it was just a still picture, and then Cody came in and you know it it you know it starts going in and out and, and like goes in on it, and we had no motion graphics at all because we just we were noobs, and he he stepped in at the last minute and um he he improved it, I would say probably fifty percent. Sure. I mean, like it looks so much better after he was done with oh, it. Oh, it, and... it was very well done. The whole thing is very well done. It's it's really put together well. Amazing, amazing interviews. Uh, obviously, the the it's crew... a lot of people, man. <laughs> yeah, that was well. That was you know, I was messaging a lot of these same people, going, "Hey, man, can you do a documentary? Can you do a documentary?" And Vinny's like, "Hey, psh, we're doing a documentary already." I was like, "Oh <laughs> shit, okay." Okay, well, uh, I'm just going to go back to running for chair then. I'll catch you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that um, was fun. That was, yeah. You get to get all the mistakes out of the way. Oh, it was beautiful, dude. It was it's what, well done. 
what I did want to say is um, we already did Indiegogo and we didn't hit our goal on Indiegogo. So uh, we're still taking donations. Fifty dollars, you get a Blu-ray. Two fifty, you get a Blu-ray digital download and a um, mention in the credits. And where can people thousand... donate for that? Yeah, give me a second. That, oh, <laughs> let me, sorry. One more. Sorry. One more. One more. Jeez. For a thousand dollars, you be you're a producer. You're on the IMDb page mentioned on the imdb page and everything like that and get everything else okay thank you you're being a good host i'm trying i'm like work hey listen where can people send you money at pete's like shut up shut the fuck up (laughs) i got one more thing to say one more um com. you can donate um through paypal there and there's crypto addresses there too and if you decide to do crypto just contact us um separately and tell us it like so if you do the 50 dollar, tell us your name and dress where you want the blu-ray sent or you know for everything else um you know, especially if you want to be a producer you know if you want your name on imdb and in the, in the uh, producer credits and stuff like that so sure uh sack wedick in the in the chat asked is the monopoly on violence high school appropriate <laughs> i think so yeah i do too i i, I think so yeah. yeah i mean there's only like there's only a couple S bombs, and I think they're both Michael humor. Jeez, Michael, come on. Yeah, yeah. You're a professor. Come yeah. on. Yeah, no shit. I uh, I think it is. <laughs> I think it is too. I didn't really see anything that's. I mean, yeah. Well, no, there's no cursing. There's no. There. We're not showing any. There's no graphic violence. Yeah. You get to see some war stuff. They didn't know? interview me, so there won't be a whole ton. Uh, a lot of F bombs. I'm sure of that. Because <laughs> I I just don't give a fuck. You know. I I spent. Look, I spent like four years of my life traveling around trying to be the chair of a national political organization. I got so used to talking like this all the time. Hi, my name's Joshua Smith. I'm running for chair of the national libertarian committee. How are you? Let me tell you about my scratch. And, you know, I, and then these same people attacked me for four years and called my, called me a white nationalist and, and, and went after my family and fucking I, now I'm just like, fuck you. You're a nerd. Get in your locker where you belong <laughs> yeah. to the locker, yeah. you know? And, and so, uh, I, well, I, I guess I belong. Yeah, exactly. Well, Pete, I really appreciate you coming on, man. I had I had a lot of fun. It's uh, my first two guests were Jacob Hornberger and, and Pete Canones. I mean, you, that's pretty fucking awesome. And isn't your next one Dave Smith? Dave Smith, the the Libertarian Tupac, man. I'm doing it right, you know. I figured if you're gonna do a show, do the fucking show right. Have have these people come on and and uh, try to grift yeah. their try to grift their audiences, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me. Well, no, I've been I've been I have I've, the Free Man Beyond the Wall podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been, I've been lucky, you know. I got to travel around for four years. I went to forty states, and uh, I got to meet all you guys. You know, I, I actually have not met Dave in person yet. I will eventually, but uh, um, I've I've kind of grown some kind of relationship with most of the people that I'm having on, except for like Zuby. I just I just stalk Zuby until he told me he'd come on my show and. Um, but, uh, I, I was lucky enough to kind of grow some relationships with a lot of these people. And so, you know, if I'm going to do a show, I'm going to bring the people that I want, that I respect and want to talk to. And, and I know that my, you know, people who are going to be watching the show are going to want to listen to. So, um, I really appreciate it, Pete. Like it's, this was a great talk. I, I think, uh, I hope people like it. And, um, if people would like to follow you, where can they follow you at? Um, well, right now on me, we, <laughs> it's just for my name on it's it. I mean, it's it. I mean, I have a Twitter account, but I'm not advertising it because if I advertise it, people are going to report me. Yeah. Um, you know, loser brigade will report me and worse people than that even. Um, so yeah, I mean, me, we, I'm over there a lot. I'm also Instagram. My Instagram's up and, um, free man, me on the wall podcast. I mean, that's, 
I usually talk about stuff that I'm doing on there and um, America's Police Crisis, obviously. But um, my baby and what started all this was the Free Man Beyond the Wall podcast. And um, that is what you know, is will always be most important to me because um, I love Stateless Productions. And I love the documentaries, but this one was here first. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, uh, how can they find your vicious Substack? Oh, pequenones.substack.com, or you can go, um, if you go to Substack and you search by any memes necessary. Yes. And I actually have, I actually have a picture of, um, Malcolm X holding that, uh, I think it's an M1. It is. I'm not, Grand. Yeah, it's an yeah. M1. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I was like, I, I've grown to appreciate Malcolm, Malcolm's, uh, writings and, and things over the years. So uh, stealing by any means necessary and turning it into by any means necessary was, uh, I actually had to think about that because I'm like, I don't want to be disrespectful. It's a good, it's a good play on words though. It's a good play on words. Yeah. I think Malcolm X I, I, probably would have liked us. I mean, just to be honest, I'm pretty sure he would have. Yeah. yeah. Especially later after M- Malcolm, after he came back from, uh, from Mecca. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, Let's see. I had one more question for you. How do you feel about the tower hashtag tower gang? I, I was part of, I was in, in the beginning of it there. Okay. I'm I mean, just I making was, sure I, I knew you were yeah, one of those accounts. I, I knew you were one of those accounts. <laughs> well, and, and the day of, I think it was the day of, um, smallpox blankets. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. I think that was the day that I got nuked. Oh really? Yeah. That was, a, well, my second, uh, third account. Um, cause I had an account that was nuked back in 2018 <laughs> and, uh, that was like my original account from like 2008, 2009, everything. And then I had, I had an alt account and I just built that one back up and then they nuked that one for the copy pasta. And then I got another, I started another one and it would, I had it built up. I had over a thousand followers already and I was doing tower gang and everything. And, um, they, they just got me, you know, they, they just, you know, no, that was the one with, um, Going after the Zionists. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, I've taken yeah, part in some pretty down. brutal towers, man. I've been really lucky. They haven't gotten rid of me yet, but what are you going to do? Oh, you're yeah. going to get rid of me for throwing a G post? Hey, get out of here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, well, thanks again, Pete. I really appreciate you coming on, man. I, I look forward to your follow-up to the Monopoly on Violence. If you guys have not seen the Monopoly on Violence yet, please do yourself a favor and go on Amazon and watch Monopoly on Violence. Uh, that's Amazon, not Netflix, where they still have the movie cuties on. Uh, definitely check it out. You're going to enjoy it. I promise. Um, you're, you're going to notice a few people too. So, Hey Pete, thanks again, man. We really appreciate you. I can't wait to, uh, talk to you again. Thanks Josh. Take care, man. Hey, you too, brother. All right, guys. That was an awesome show. I love Pete Canones. Uh, why don't you guys come and check me out on Wednesday? I'm going to have another solo show. I'm sure we'll have, uh, one of Twitter shit posters finest, uh, with some commentary about whatever I'm talking about. Uh, let's see. I got my schedule up there. This is your guest schedule uh, to, all the way through June. Some great, great, great names coming on. I'm really excited. Uh, next week, we have the most consistent motherfucker you know, the Libertarian Tupac. Dave Smith will be on the show. I'm so stoked for that. Um, let's see. Make sure, I, make sure I'm doing my everything right here. Uh, go and check out Lorenzotti.coffee. Uh, if you want to have some Italian coffee delivered to your door, toplobsta.com uh, for all this awesome gear, including this amazing Epstein did not kill himself 
hoodie. You don't have to get it in purple. You can get it in other colors. It's really, really great. Thank you to everyone who made my birthday awesome. Tomorrow is my birthday. You guys made sure that I'm going to get this awesome custom neon light, this beautiful, beautiful camera lens that is giving us an amazing shot tonight. Uh, and I will see you guys on Wednesday. Have a good night. Nothing I mean, you know it